You are listening to the Progress Your Health Podcast, episode 45. Welcome to the Progress Your Health Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Robert Mackey and Dr. Valerie Davidson, a husband and wife team who specialize in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and functional medicine. They're here to help you lose weight, balance hormones, and age gracefully. It's their mission to motivate, educate, and empower you to take your health to the next level. And now your hosts, hormone experts, Dr. Mackey and Dr. Davidson. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Progress Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. Uh, So in today's episode, we're going to talk about uh, hair loss and thyroid. Of course, this is a, you know, for women across the country, this is a very important issue. Hair loss for men is important, but for women, there's a certain, uh, you know, urgency to that or a certain level of importance that women do not, of course, not want to lose their hair. Oh, women get, I have patients and and they're terrified because once they notice that they're losing hair, it's that kind of um, thought of, is it ever going to stop? Is it going to continue? And then there's no more left. I mean, it's terrifying for a lot of you know, a lot of women. I mean, like Dr. Mackey said, it's huge in men too. But I see more females, and probably I'd and and we do deal with a lot of hormones. And hormones have a huge impact on hair, you know, causing hair loss. Or hormones can have a big impact on making your hair grow back or stop falling out. But in the case of thyroid, of a lower functioning thyroid, that definitely can cause hair loss. Yeah, right. So you and I were talking about this just so, you know, we're kind of planning the episode and making sure that we're clear on a few things. And we're not saying that it's just thyroid. We're saying that uh, certainly thyroid plays a role there. Certainly optimizing thyroid can be a great treatment for the hair loss, or at least the shedding that a lot of women are experiencing, whether it's in the shower or on the brush or just falling out. I know your hair is everywhere. It's in the kitchen. It's in the bathroom. It's in the living room. It's just everywhere. But you still, you even though you shed a lot, right, you still have very beautiful hair. You always threaten that you're going to cut your hair and I refuse to let you cut your hair. Uh, you got beautiful hair. Well, I have long hair. So one strand of my hair is probably like 20 pieces in length of your hair. Right, so when right. I have, you know, maybe five strands of hair hanging around, it looks like a lot more. But yeah, no, I shed. All women shed. Um, I mean, it's normal. You ask your hair expert, your hairstylist expert, and they'll tell you, yeah, it is totally normal for hair to shed because then hair is growing in. So if you got long hair, it tends to be everywhere. But what women will tell me is even whether they have long hair or medium length hair is especially washing it. Like I have women that are afraid to wash their hair. Now, granted, I don't wash my hair every day. But they're terrified to wash their hair because it just comes out in clumps. So when you're, um, you know, when you're, if you have low thyroid, that is what it will look like. It'll be the long pieces. So granted, people with low thyroid tend to have dry skin, dry hair, dry nails, dry eyes, but they don't, um, they might have drier hair, but with low thyroid, it literally comes out at the root. Like you can look at the end and see a little punctum on there from where it came out of the scalp. So they'll complain about that. That's when it's pretty much classic when you're thinking, okay, I need to look at this person's thyroid. And also when it's shedding all over, right? It's all over. When people are more shedding like in the temples or the top or the hairline, 
that's may or may not actually be thyroid. That could be more of more androgens. Yeah. So androgens, specifically testosterone or DHEA, especially if there's been a diagnosis of PCOS or something like that, it's going to be more kind of male pattern baldness, like you said, on the hairline receding or even on the crown of the head. And if there is any hair growth on the chin, on the upper lip, but certainly having too much of those androgens for a woman, you know, it can definitely cause cause the hair to, you know, to follow up, but it's going to follow up, like you're saying, a kind of a slightly different pattern. When it's thyroid, they're just, it's just diffuse. It's just like all over the head. Yeah. And it, and of course there's going to be other symptoms than, than hair loss, but that's what we wanted to talk about is a lot of people that will come to me, they already have a low thyroid or they're suspecting a low thyroid because, you know, a lot, you know, a lot of our patients, a lot of you listeners are very savvy. You're your own health advocate. You know what's going on. So they'll come and they'll, you know, we'll talk about it, but their big question is, is, well, how do I get it to stop and is it going to grow back? Right. Yeah. And hair loss is another one of these very, very challenging problems. Now, granted, there's like an autoimmune hair loss, like alopecia diagnosis you get from a dermatologist. That's not really what we're talking about uh, necessarily. We're just talking about this you know, this, you know, consequence of aging, consequence of this course that women go through over their life and their hormones are kind of evolving and changing and and declining, unfortunately. And all of a sudden now, you know, they've had earlier, they've had this beautiful head of hair and then now they're losing it and they're panicked and they're freaking out. And we usually talk about hair. That's a big sign to me that I, hey, I need to look into this thyroid for them. And a lot of people will comment, like I'll ask them too, because Normal shedding is normal, and sometimes people get a little worried about normal shedding. It's really more, I'll say, well, you know, your hairstylist, you know, they're an expert in hair. They see people all day long. Are they commenting about it? And a lot of times people will say, yeah, um, my my person said that they're noticing that I'm, you know, my hair's getting thinner, or there's not like there's little spot, you know, it's not growing back. I'm not getting little new hairs growing in. And then, of course, like, which isn't the case with me, but people will comment that, you know, the hair's everywhere, you know, bathroom floor, in the car that they shed more than the family dog. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'd put you in that category, but man, your hair is everywhere. So I'm glad you're not losing it, but it seems like it's just all over the place. But that's a good consequence. I'm not complaining because your hair is beautiful. You know, yeah, you no can, one is sorry for me. Yeah, you, you, you can keep shedding. <laughs> no one's sorry for you. You can keep shedding, that's fine. But you know, we do have uh, lots of patients we've consulted with over the years that, you know, this is a really big issue. So, you know, we've, and I just spoke with someone yesterday, you know, she, you know, she's panicked. She's losing her hair. I got another one next week I'm talking to. Uh, now, granted, this could almost be a symptom, if you want to call it that, or a complaint of almost every woman, they're losing their hair to at least some extent. So now, you know, again, you're trying to quantify, is there normal, sh- is their shedding normal or is it outside of that? And that's sometimes a hard thing to quantify. But like you said, if they're getting other people giving them feedback, you know, like the hairdresser or the hairstylist, then you know that something might be going on. But again, from like an endocrinologist perspective or the primary care doctor, they're not really worried too much about if you're losing your hair. They, it's not that they don't care, um, but they're worried about dealing with disease and worrying about major problems. They're not worried about your hair loss, which is really unfortunate, right? Because it's a major concern for probably, honestly, probably millions of women across the country. And there really isn't a, a lot for the hair. I mean, sure, there's there's you know pro- hair products out there. There's Rogaine. I mean, you're, you go to the dermatologist. Sometimes they do shot you know injections in the head to reduce down the inflammation or try to turn off some of those androgens. So, but there's not really a lot to 
work with, which is why we, um, which is why something that we've done over the years is kind of, okay, what can we do to work on getting someone's hair to stop shedding and then getting it to grow back? Because that's important. That's an important quality of life. But one thing is definitely just, I don't want to jump to the end of the podcast, but yeah, if you, if your hair loss is due to thyroid and we get that, those thyroid hormones balanced, it will grow back. In fact, one, one patient of mine, and because when Thyroid causes your hair to slow down. It'll cause it to slow, you know, it won't grow, and then it'll fall out. It's not just on your head. That's why people with low thyroid typically lose their eyebrows as well, especially the the tail part of their eyebrows. That can grow back too. And I had um, a few patients, once we get their thyroid balance, I'll ask them, so now that your hair is good, are you shaving your legs again? And then they'll kind of laugh because they'll say, yeah, I used to never have to shave my legs. Now I have to shave my legs like almost every day. Right, right. Uh, so the the eyebrow, and that's actually, a, that's actually a clinical indication if you're doing a physical exam on a patient, is called Queen Anne's sign. When you lose the lateral third, the last little bit of your eyebrow, that's actually an indication for a hypothyroid. Uh, which honestly, I don't think even really gets acknowledged anymore. You know, they don't really pay any attention to that stuff. Uh, nowadays, it seems like it is any kind of these, you know, thyroid diagnosis, it's labs first, patient second. Right? And we always talk about, you know, our approach is always the opposite. It's always patient first, lab second. Labs are there to help and guide, but labs don't make decisions for you. They help you make decisions, but they don't determine anything. The doctor is the one that determines something. And honestly, what the patient's experiencing their clinical presentation plays a big role in how we how we approach those things. And when it comes to thyroid specifically, uh, you were doing a continuing education seminar this morning online. And what was, uh, I was kind of surprised, what was the number one medication? It was like a top 15 medications of all timers. What was, or what was the number one selling medication as of right now? It was actually as of 2015. But of course that I was listening to the, the webinar this morning was the number one selling medication in 2015 was Synthroid. Yeah, right. Uh, so that means there's probably, I don't know, 10 million, 20 million, 30 million prescriptions of Synthroid. I don't know. I, I don't even know those numbers, but for that, it used to be Lipitor. Lipitor was for a decade, if not longer, Lipitor was the number one selling drug in the world. It made like $35 billion a year, some crazy thing. So Synthroid is making a fortune, um, you know, just on that one medication. And it's something that you and I usually, you know, would never prescribe for a patient ever. That yeah, has no, a yeah. Problem. Synthroid was at the top. In fact, the cholesterol-lowering medication Crestor, that was actually number two. So Synthroid, granted, they don't make a huge amount of money. This was just top selling, not necessarily top grossing. Top grossing medications, um, especially now, it currently is more for hepatitis C and, and whatnot. But in terms of the top selling drug, it was Synthroid. It was even, yeah, higher than Crestor. It was even higher than Viagra. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and that's based on, like you said, that's based on not revenue, but that's based on number of prescriptions. So that tells you Synthroid top of the list. That means there's lots of women that are having thyroid problems. Or, or I men. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say women, but you know, predominantly it's a it's a female dominated problem. But that's a lot of people, men and women, that are having thyroid issues. For that to be the number one uh, selling drug in the country, but at the same time, part of the reason why we keep talking about and why we've kind of become our own thyroid experts is because people are on those medications, but they're still having all the symptoms of being hypothyroid because over time it just doesn't work that well. Yeah, I have plenty of patients that come to me on Synthroid and they're still losing their hair. 
And that's, and they don't, and their doctors are saying they're a thyroid stimulating hormone. Their TSH is fine. In fact, their TSH is off that they need to reduce their medication. And these patients are terrified, not only just for the hair loss, but for all the other symptoms that they're experiencing. And we've gone through other podcasts on, you know, Synthroid and T4 monotherapy and, and T3 and whatnot, but it really does come back to balancing the actual thyroid hormones of the T4 and the T3, not just looking at the TSH. Yeah, right. And as long as the TSH from the conventional approach, endocrinologist, primary care, internal medicine, whatever, as long as that TSH is less than 4.5, depending on the lab, they seem to be somewhat okay with that. If the number goes lower, let's say they raise the dose, 100 micrograms, 125, 150, which is you know getting up there as far as dosages, and your TSH goes low, um, less than one, let's say it's 0. 0. 0.7, 0. 0.6, 0. 0.4, and it's getting close there, or if it even goes too low, if it goes below 0.45, even if you feel terrible, they will raise your, they will, they will lower your dose and the symptoms will either get worse or will continue because of that, because that's the only thing that they're really concerned about is where that TSH level is. Yeah, because they're looking for disease. They're not con- necessarily cons- overly concerned about your hair loss, <laughs> like we had said. But you know where it comes down to that we've always talked about is that Synthroid, which is T4, levothyroxine, it's T4 monotherapy, doesn't always convert to the active form of thyroid, which is the T3. So if somebody, you know, a lot of times it'll convert into reverse T3. And so if somebody's T3, which is the active form of thyroid, is not in normal range or it's in the low normal range, people will still experience symptoms of hypothyroid like hair loss and their hair not growing back like they would even if they weren't on thyroid. Yeah, right. You can't, for all the millions of people that have hypothyroid, you can't tell me that one medication, one medication is going to solve all their problems, right? Thyroid is very complicated, especially now with realizing that most of these cases are autoimmune based anyways. Most of them are Hashimoto's based. Now that brings the immune system into the into play, uh, which adds a whole other variable to this problem. Um, so you can't just use or use the TSH as your clinical guideline um, because, like you said, it's that's a brain hormone that communicates with your thyroid, but that's only part of the conversation. It's much more complicated than just you know that one approach. Yeah. So if it really, you know, we always always advocated that if you're going to run thyroid panel do the free T3, you know, the TSH, the free T4, and do the free T3 because if that's not in proper range, not only the symptoms of hypothyroid, but the hair as well. But like Dr. Mackey alluded to that we talked about a little bit earlier is if it's not necessarily due to thyroid or maybe the hair loss is in part due to thyroid because we're complicated beings, you know, we're very intricate. It might not be just a thyroid issue, Thyroid could be part of it, but there could be a lot of other things like he had mentioned about polycystic ovarian syndrome, um, taking exogenous androgens or taking hormone therapy, menopause, hormones can cause hair loss. So there's a whole aspect to it. Even stress can, as we all know, who being in a stressful situation can cause that hair loss as well. So there's a whole kind of plethora of issues that revolve around hair loss and trying to get your hair to grow back. But yeah, absolutely. Thyroid is probably at one at the top of the list. Yeah. Now uh, we've talked about thyroid in the past. We just, we have uh, done one about low thyroid or low T3. So, you know, kind of along those lines, 
Uh, what we like to see, again, just for to repeat ourselves, right? Repetition's good, so these kind of things sink in, and you become your own advocate. We run into this all the time. You know, patients want to run lab tests through their doctor, and their doctor will refuse to run some of the tests that we request. You know, which is fine. They that they have the right to do that. But what we want to see specifically with the TSH and the free T3 is we want the TSH to be low normal. Uh, we want the the free T3 to be high normal. You know, so they have this kind of opposite relationship uh, where you see most of the time is you'll see the TSH kind of mid range. You know, two, two and a half, three, and then the the free T3 will be low normal. It'll be in the twos somewhere, two point three, two point four, two point eight, something like that. And that is the relationship that we're trying to optimize through you know, whatever type of treatment intervention we're doing, whether it's diet, supplementation, and or medication. O- over time, we like to see that TSH go down and the free T3 go up. Absolutely. And, and like I said, there's other issues for hair loss and whatnot that as, you know, as a patient that comes in, we deal with a lot more than just the thyroid. But honestly, that T3 is a, I think is pivotal in terms of having, you know, especially like we had mentioned as a female, it's it's really scary when you start to notice that you're losing your hair or as they'll mention is, oh yeah, with my ponytail, I used to, you know, have it as two loops and now I have to do three because my hair is, you know, my hair is thinned out. Yeah. Right. Now, granted men in general, like you're saying some of those things, like it just kind of goes over my head. Like I don't quite get it, you know, whatever. So I know enough to be dangerous when it comes to that and how important this issue is. Men lose their hair. And I, I thank God I'm in my mid forties and I still have, I went, I got my haircut yesterday and the, is a female barber. And she's like, Oh, you have beautiful hair. Your doc, your wife is right. You should keep it long. And I actually still have, I actually still have hair. So I, you know, I feel blessed for that. But men in general, it's somewhat socially acceptable for men to lose their hair. Like it's not that for the person itself, it might be a big problem. Like they don't want to lose their hair, but socially it's no big deal. Nowadays, men are shaving their head all the time. They're bald, you know, on purpose. Um, But for women, it's a completely different situation. Like women can't, you know, they just can't do that. Right. There's a, so I can understand the you know, the urgency and the and the fear and the panic that can come when you notice that you're losing something because you're right. It, it may not come back. There are situations where, you know, you lose it and it's gone. It's a very difficult problem to solve for people. You do have really great hair. <laughs> I well, should, yeah, no, you do. I, I was, I was telling our niece and assistant Erica yesterday about how your, um, the lady that cut your hair at the barbershop was gushing over your hair. And she was like, oh, he makes me sick. Cause, and then he, and then she said that your it's comes from your mom. Cause your mom has lots of gorgeous hair. So that woman never needs to worry about hair loss. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah. She's, uh, she's always had like really thick, you know, wavy, just an abundance of hair. Yeah. So you take, you take after her, but trust me, ladies, when, when I say, um, now you have to use three ponytail loops instead of two. Anybody that's, you ladies know exactly what I'm talking about if you feel like your hair's thinning. Right, right. The title of this podcast, uh, Thyroid and Hair Loss, Will It Grow Back? What we're telling you when the thyroid is optimized properly, okay, and that is based on a lot of different factors and stress and sleep and diet and and medication type, right? You know, kind of going after what we said, you take Synthroid, it does not usually have much of an impact on your T3 levels. Uh, T3, the the T4 to T3 conversion happens in your liver. So the better the liver functions, the better that conversion is going to be. Some of that conversion happens in the colon. So making sure your microbiome is in the right uh, right and is in right working order, and the bacteria are in proportionally the right place. Um, that also has an impact. 
And then the peripheral tissues, specifically muscle, um, that's where another percentage of that T3 is going to be converted. So that's where exercise or activity might be beneficial, but too much can then add to that stress burden, it kind of exacerbate the situation. So uh, we're, we're just kind of making you aware that there is hope. There is hope that we can uh, stop the hair loss. And eventually it will take sometimes weeks, if not months, but eventually that hair will start to grow back once that uh, thyroid and the other areas that we discussed and talked about are, have been, uh, have been dealt with. So I hope this isn't too complicated. So I know the the question was, if I have low thyroid and having hair loss, is it going to grow back? Yes, but there's like Dr. Mackey said, there's a whole bunch of other influencers to that. So if you have any questions, please reach out and send us an email or or maybe of your own experiences. We'd love to hear them. Uh, so uh, until next time, I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. Uh, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Progress Your Health podcast. If you like what you've heard on this podcast, please give us a positive review on iTunes. This allows us to spread our message, grow our audience, and help more people around the world. For more information, visit our website at progressyourhealth.com.